A couple years ago during COVID, God gave me a specific word that has really resonated in my heart. And I'm not going to necessarily preach this word, but the word that God resonated in my heart was out of Isaiah 58, 12. And it says this, it says, those from among you shall repair the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. You shall be called the repairs of the breach and restores of the streets to dwell. Now, the part I want to focus on for just a second is he says that you shall raise up the foundation of many generations. I love your generation. You guys are the good looking generation. <laughs> Tell somebody next to you, you must be talking about me. You must be talking about me. But this is what I believe. I believe that the enemy is after this generation. Because I believe that this generation is the key to revival in America and the next great awakening. The problem is you don't see it. You don't see it for yourselves. And so I want to talk about tapping into your potential. Tapping into your potential. But before I do that, I have, I have, I have to give it up for Mrs. Hersher and Connor. Don't they do a great job? Come and give it up for her. Amen. Give it up for your worship team, amen. They do such a great job. But two of my favorite people are Josh and Katie Moran. Amen. Good luck for them. And every time I see Josh, I think to myself, how in the world did he ever get Katie? Katie, he must have got you off a rebound or something. You must have thought he had money or something. I don't know how he did it. But Josh is a blessed man. Amen. Amen. He sure is. I wish he was here. I wish he was here. But I also want to give a, I also want to give a couple of gifts before I get started today. I want to give a couple of gifts. All right. The, the, uh, the first gift I want, I want to call up somebody that I, I noticed. When I, when I step into a venue like this, I, I'm always, I'm trying to be led by the Spirit, okay? I, I want to know what the Spirit is saying. I, I pay attention to people. Um, but yeah, I was looking at you when you came in. I was studying you. I was studying you. And there was one young man that really got my attention. I think his name is Mitchell. Is it Mitchell? Oh, it's Mitchell. Come here, Mitchell. Come here, Mitchell. Yeah. 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 Some of y'all clapping, but there are going to be some people who won't be clapping after I tell you what I saw in Mitchell. Okay. Mitchell. No. Yeah. Yeah. What did Mitchell do? Let me tell you what Mitchell did. Mitchell, when he came in, come on over here, Mitchell. Don't be scared now, bro. I was looking in the room, and this is what I saw, Mitchell. I saw all these guys sitting in the row together. But Mitchell, I saw you sitting in between the ladies, Mitchell. Mitchell is an example of somebody who is stepping into his potential. Mitchell, everybody can't do that. Everybody can't be like you and me, Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. No, but that's what you give it to a girl from wherever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got to recognize one of I don't know this young lady's name, but um, um, I actually saw her talking to Mitchell. But what I noticed was I noticed her countenance. I noticed her countenance. I noticed the countenance of the Lord upon her face. And it's the red-haired young lady right there in the green. Sophia! Can you come up here? Is, is it Sophia your name? Uh, Sophia, yes, 
Come on up here, Sophie. Oh, she said, yes, sir. Yes, Sophie, I'm Pastor Rob. And you have a beautiful countenance. I love your smile. And I don't know Sophia, but I know that the glory of the Lord is upon this young lady. Okay? And, and Sophia, guess what? If I notice it, guess what? Other people notice it also. Continue to shine for Jesus. Amen? All right. God bless you. Amen. Go give him a hand. And so Sophia wasn't the only one with a beautiful countenance. Many of you have that. And so I, I do, I want to talk about tapping in, tapping into your potential, tapping into your potential. So I want you to do this with me. I want you to stand up. We're going to read the word. I'm going to read the word of God in, in, in tradition of the Old Testament. Whenever the word of God was read, people would stand in honor of the Lord. And it comes out of Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, just three verses. Somebody say, just three verses. Just three Somebody say, thank the Lord. Like, no, no, I'm just. <laughs> now at the church, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them, to wait, sent them away. I saw you doing this earlier on. I, I want you to take a posture of receiving what God has for you. And that posture is just like, keep your hands open to the Lord. Father, we just thank you. Father, we take a posture of submission right now, surrender to whatever the Spirit of the Lord wants to say to us. I know you're speaking to us collectively, but God, I know you want to speak to someone individually about what you want to do in their lives. I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice, and I thank you, God, for them preparing to tap into your divine potential for their lives, to step into what you would have them to do, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Tell somebody next to you, say, tap into it, tap into it. Tap into it. Tap into it. All right, you may be seated. You may be seated. So I've, I've preached here before, so some of you have heard my, my life verse, which is Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship, masterpiece created in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he has planned for us in advance to walk in, which basically means before you were even conceived in your mother's womb, God had a plan for your life. He designed you with potential. He designed you with purpose. All of you have a divine purpose and potential for your lives, but everyone doesn't necessarily step into it. Every one of you will come to Christ through faith, have divine favor, but God wants you to grow in your favor and to meet the divine potential that he has for your life. So let me define, let me give you my definition of potential. Potential is everything you have been designed to do but have yet, not yet done and everything we were made to be and have not yet become. Let me say that again. Potential is everything you have been designed to do but have not yet done, and everything we were made to be but have not yet become. That's your potential. There are certain things that God has designed and, and destined for your life 
that he wants you to tap into, okay? Now, this is really more of a teaching time than a preaching time because I wanna share a few things that I've learned in my life. I am 61 years old. Ladies, you can say you don't look at it, Pastor Rob. You don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't Thank you. Anyway, anyway, there have been some principles I've learned about potential, and, and I just want to give you a few potentials as I set the stage because ultimately the application is, okay, how do I tap into my divine potential and my divine destiny? Most of you have come to college and you think you have an idea of what you want to do with your life. You have a, think you have an idea of career. Some of you, that idea that, that you had when you came in has already changed. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? All right. And, and when I'm talking about your potential, I'm not necessarily talking about your career or I'm not talking about that assignment. I'm talking about God's good, pleasing, perfect will for your life. What did he make you for? What did he design you for? What did he destine you for? So a few things that I've learned in regards to potential in 61 years. The first thing is this. Great accomplishments usually begin with a simple idea that is acted upon with consistency and hard work. Let me say it again. Great accomplishments or your potential usually begins with a simple idea that is acted upon with consistency and hard work. Ideas are like small seeds that have to be planted, that have to be cared for. Someone once said that we can all count the seeds in the apple, but you can never count the apples that are in each seed. But seed speaks of your potential. Ideas speak of your potential. Now watch this. Some of you have already had ideas that you have already given up on. All right? Now there are good ideas and there are God ideas. All right? But never take for granted any idea that God has given you or any idea that you've had. Okay, because sometimes you have to unearth and discover what that idea is about. I'll give you an example. So I'm on a front, I'm on a plane and I'm coming from Cuba. And in Cuba, we're working on planting 100 churches in Cuba. God is doing a miraculous work in Cuba, one of the most, the, one of the poorest nations, nations in the Caribbean. And yet we're seeing people miraculously healed and saved. And so I'm flying back on a plane and I'm coming back to America and God, God deposits this in my spirit, a decade of divine difference. A decade of divine difference. God, what is that? A decade of divine difference. And so I started ruminating on that. That was a seed. That was an idea. Idea. Now, I could have said whatever. But I started thinking about that. Decade of divine difference. Decade of divine difference. And then not too long after that, after that, the Lord, the Spirit spoke to me. What is going on in Cuba, the same thing that's going on in Cuba can go on where you live in your region. And so from that one idea just last week in the Potomac Ministry Network, I brought together some of the key leaders and this is what we decided over the next 10 years, we're gonna plant 180 new churches. Somebody need to give God a praise. Come on now. But whoa, whoa, where did that start? That started with one idea, with one idea, okay? Second thing I'm gonna share with you about potential, once again, I'm just setting the groundwork right now. The true value of anything is internal, not external. The true value of anything is internal, not external. Some of you probably know Psalm 139, 14 and 16. I praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained, watch this, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That speaks of the potential of good in your days to come that God already knew about. 
all right? But this idea that the value of anything is internal and not external, this, this really, this can keep me up at night. You know why? Because the greatest, some of the greatest potential that we have ever seen on the face of the planet has died, has died in the womb. Mothers, fathers, doctors, lawyers, pastors, apostles, prophets have died in the womb. You know why? Because there are people who did not see the value of something internal. They thought about their external circumstances. But the value of anything really starts internally. Your value, when God made you, he placed you in your mother's womb. That's where the value was because you're so important to him. When, when, my, when I was made in my mother's womb at 24 years old, I don't know if I ever showed this, share this with you, but at 24 years of age, I found out that I was adopted. And I found out that I was adopted from a German orphanage. But this is the, the beauty, this is the praise. My mother thought enough about me to keep me and to put me up for adoption. And I give glory. She saw the internal value that was inside of her. So we have a tendency to look outwardly. How many know that God looks at the heart inwardly? The internal things, internal things. Number three, potential is impacted by whether we operate in fear or faith. Whether we operate in fear or faith. Your potential is impacted by whether you operate in fear or faith. Let me tell you something about fear or faith. Both fear, fear and faith attract. Faith will always track good, okay? Faith will always track good. Fear will always track that which is negative. And watch this. Faith and fear also have a voice. All right? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by what? Somebody said it again. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God, right? The word is a voice, right? Faith has a voice, but fear has a voice also. All right? Fear has a voice also, and fear is always trying to call you into the things of the world, call you to a world system that is not designed for your potential to be manifested. When I was young, I used to sing a song. In a world of many choices, there's a call of many voices. When they all call out to greet me, I turn my eyes to thee, for I found in him a loving friend who sticks with me till the very end. And I found in him a faithful guide, he calls me his very own. I choose you again and again. Choose you again and again. You mean so much to me, dear Lord. I choose you again. See, we have to learn how to hear the voice of God. Because it's the voice of God that builds our faith to be able to hear God's destiny for our life. But so many of us are, are operating by fear. That's why Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing, watch this, of your mind. Then you can test and approve what God's will is, or you can hear what the will of the Lord is. Potential, potential. The difference in men who succeed and fail 
is their ability to handle pressure. This is the fourth thing I want to say about potential. The difference in men and women who succeed and fail is their ability to handle pressure. You show me any great man, I'll show you a man or a woman who has conquered something, who has gone through a trial, who has gone through a circumstance. Not that they embraced it, but they learned how to defeat it with the help of God. You cannot become great in the realm of the spirit and become great in kingdom without going through trial. Can somebody say amen? amen? Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Sometimes we dismiss trial or we try to escape trial, but God uses trial and circumstance to build our character, to build our faith so we can step into, watch this, the hard thing we call our potential or our destiny. It's always difficult, but God gives us trial and circumstances to learn how to push through. This, the word of God says that this, I love this verse, Proverbs 24, 10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So tonight, my um, son and my daughter-in-law are in a hospital. They've been married now, I think, six years. And in six years, they've had one miscarriage, two miscarriages, three miscarriages, four miscarriages, five miscarriages. They could have easily given up. How many know the enemy wants you to give up when things get hard, right? They could have easily given up, but instead of giving up, my daughter-in-law decided to write a book on her experience, and she calls it Bold Resilience, what it means to, to defeat something that is meant to destroy you, called Bold Resistance. They've been praying through, they've been fasting through, and tomorrow, she is going to be induced with my fifth grandchild. Somebody needs to get God glory. Listen, they have learned how to handle pressure with the help of God. You cannot reach your, your potential without learning how to handle pressure with the help of God. Last but not least, Trials have the potential for being one of life's greatest teachers, Romans 5.3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. I know I've been a student. I know it's hard sometimes. I know, gosh, exams, just everything that goes into being a college student, it could be difficult. But remember, God is even using this experience to develop who you are in Him so he can get you to your divine destiny and every potential he has for your life. He is using, this is not just about getting a degree. This is not just about learning, uh, learning an occupation. This is about your development, your development as a follower of Jesus Christ so you can step into those works that he's prepared for you in advance to walk in. And sometimes it is going to be difficult. Sometimes there will be circumstances that you don't understand. There'll be trials that you don't think you can get through, but count it all joy because he's working on your character and your person so that he can fulfill his destiny for your life. I was thinking about this. Um, let me see if I can find it if I have my pocket. All right, $10 bill. How many know this $10 bill has been through some stuff? Anybody think so? 
This thing has probably been wrinkled up, folded up. People have probably stepped on this $10 bill. This $10 bill has history, doesn't it? Anybody got history here? Anybody got stuff that went on in your life that you don't want nobody to talk about? Right? History, right? This thing has probably been gambled away. It might have brought alcohol. It might have brought drugs. This thing might have brought one meal at Chick-fil-A. We don't know. Okay? But this is the thing. What we do know is that its value is not based on its past. It's based on its producer. Right? Its value is not based on what it did. It's based on who made it. Your value is not based on what you have done. It's based on who God has made you to be and how he sees you and the great potential that you have for your life. And by the way, how many know the lifespan of this? Anybody know the lifespan of this piece of paper? Anybody? Just somebody guess. 30 years. Huh? Five years. Five years. Anybody else? Another 30 guess. Years. 30 years. Another guess. 100. 100. Another guess. Bro, it's 6.6 .6 years. There you go. Let's go there. Your, listen, your potential just grew, bro. <laughs> all right, step into it. All right, tap into it. Okay. All right. So, with that said, let's get back to this passage. So, does anybody want to learn how to tap into their potential? Anybody? Come on now. Come on. We all should want to know. Amen? So, how do we do it? Let's look, look at this passage. Step into our potential. We're going to look at two men that actually tapped into their potential, actually stepped into it. And we're looking at the early church, Acts chapter 13. Our word for mountaintop this year is empowered. And this is what we're literally doing. We've, we're going, we're studying the whole book of Acts. I'm preaching through the whole book of Acts this, this year. When I began praying last, uh, 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 last night, actually I started praying last night. Okay, God, what do you want, what do you want the, this dear community to know? All right, and he reminded me about this passage. And I thought I had it, but then God took me back and I had to rewrite it today. Glory be, don't you love fresh bread? Glory be to God, right? So this is fresh, amen? Now I've preached this passage, but this is fresh, all right? So I wanna give you four things on how you can tap into your divine potential for your life. The first thing is this, you and your potential needs to be planted in the right environment. Once again, think of this image of seed. You are the seed of the Lord, we are the seed of God. You first and foremost, to tap into your potential, you need to be planted into the right environment. It says this, now in the church that was at Antioch, somebody say Antioch. Antioch. Okay, Antioch was a great, great city. Okay, was a great, great city 2,000 years ago, one of the great Roman cities, one of the, probably the fourth largest Roman cities. But that's not what made Antioch important. What made Antioch important was, it was the center now of the Christian church. The church was born in Jerusalem, but it moved to Antioch. And at Antioch, we began seeing this church begin to emerge. We begin seeing missionaries sent out. It's at Antioch where we begin to see the church begin to thrive. It is an epicenter of new faith. It's an epicenter of what God was doing. And what I love about it, this, it was a diverse cultural center. 
There were people from every walk of life. It was diversified. And so at this place, God had started to move. He had moved his presence from Jerusalem to this place called Antioch. I was thinking about this. When COVID hit, when COVID hit, God spoke something very clearly to me. He said to me, he said that he was raising up a new type of church. It was a remnant church. And this church would focus not only on righteousness, but on justice. And one of the things I know about your generation is you guys love to be a part of seeing social justice. You love to be a part of seeing humanitarian efforts happen. You love to be a part of making a difference in humanity. Amen? And God was telling me righteousness has to kiss with justice. This is exactly what is going on in Antioch. They are launching worldwide missions. They are bringing a diversity of people together. All right. This is a new environment that God had planted them in to begin to step into their potential or step into their destiny. Now, why do I say that? I believe that Chi Alpha is part of the remnant church of God today. And I'm saying this because you've already taken the first step into reaching your divine potential and destiny. You're a part of what God is doing in this community. Amen, Rachel? You're part of what God is doing in this community. You've taken the first step of having at least for four years or whatever long, two years, you've taken the first step of planting yourself here and letting the Lord begin to teach you some things that you can grow in your identity in Christ. So this is the environment. Now this is what's gonna happen, guys, watch this. Some of you are gonna graduate, some of you are ready to graduate. This is what happens, literally once again, I'm talking also by in spirits. You're gonna graduate out of here, and you're gonna go into the marketplace, or you're gonna go, some of you might even do the internship here, but most of you will go into the marketplace, and this is gonna be the challenge. You're gonna go into the marketplace after you have been in a closed group, in a college, right, where there is just innate accountability, you're going to go in a marketplace and your first thing you're going to be thinking, okay, I have to make a living, I have to take care of myself. And sometimes what will happen is a community or, or a church where you go home to will be secondary to you. I've seen it over and over. But the Bible says that he was planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the course of my God. This is what I'm telling you. When you move on to this place, you have to find the right environment so that you can be planted, so you can continue to grow in your destiny and your potential. Look at someone next to you. Say, he's talking to you. So tell someone next to you, he's talking to you. I just got to make sure y'all are listening. You cannot, listen, you cannot reach your potential unless you're in the right environment. Unless you're in the right environment. Number two, you and your potential needs to be watered by the word. There were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who's called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and a guy named Saul. So you have this growing church, this new church, once again, we're looking at Acts is all about the formation of the body of Christ, the new church that was birthed out in a prayer room. And so they're all together and God raises up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And he has these teachers who are coming along and you have this diverse group of people in the community. 
So you have to have multiple teachers who are doing what? They're teaching them the word of God. Now the first that his name is Barnabas because he's probably the eldest. But there's this young guy who is there. His name is Saul. And if you know anything about Saul, you look in Acts. Saul at one time was a was some was was a a, 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 a strong Jewish teacher himself. But he was someone who was actually uh, consenting to the murders to the murders of new believers of new Christians until God met him on a road called Damascus Road, and he heard a word from the Lord. And that word from the Lord changed his destiny. Let me ask you, when is the last time you heard a word from God? So you read something or you, or you heard something from the Lord that changed your destiny. See, this is what I'm saying. Your potential needs to be watered by the word. In other words, you have to commit to walking God's potential for your life. If he is your maker, if he's your designer, if he's already established your days, if he's already established your seasons, if he's already established your purpose, the only way that you can fully walk into that potential is to walk rightly in relationship with Jesus. That means you have to read the word of God. Listen, guys, let me tell you, there's no way possible you can walk in your potential without reading the word of God. Because it's God, once again, it's God's voice, it's his voice. It's his voice that builds your faith to begin taking the courageous steps. What's your name? Connor. Connor. Yes, sir. Thank you, the boss. Thank you, Lord. Connor, I'm sorry. There, there, listen, there are some major steps that you're getting ready to take that God's preparing for you. Preparing for you. And the Spirit of the Lord says, be strong and of good courage. There's some steps he's preparing for you. They're different. They're different. They're unlike many people who are, they're different. Okay? But you need to get a word from the Lord to be sure. Major steps. That's how the Spirit operates. He has a plan for your life. There's potential for your life. And God is never going to drag you into it. You have to search the Word of God. You have to search scriptures and find out his desire and his design for you. This happened to, to me very on in my, my life when I was in radiation therapy. As I was pursuing another direction, God met me like Saul on the road and he gave me a new word. I was someone, there's no way in the world I should be preaching to you, no way in the world I should be leading a church, no way in the world I should be leading a church planting movement. But how many know if he did it for Saul, he can do it for you. There's nothing that you have ever done in your life that God cannot redeem and put you back on your, your path of destiny. But you have to be in the Word. You have to be planted in the right environment, like a seed. You have to be watered by the Word. And your potential needs to be fertilized by the Spirit. The Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Some of you will learn this later, but maybe on your fall retreat, you know, we, we, we know we serve. A, <laughs> it was interesting just um, the other day. So I'm writing a message. I was writing a message. Um, how many know the Spirit of God is real? Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is real. The Spirit of Jesus is real. So <laughs> I, I'm not, uh, thank you, Lord. I was writing this message on inviting people to church, okay? It was a Saturday night, 
it was 8.30, right? It was 8.30, 8.45 at night. It's pitch black in my neighborhood, Northern Virginia. And I'm writing this, I'm, I'm really studying. I'm finishing up a message. I had researched all week. I'm finishing up a message on why it's important to invite people to church or invite people into fellowship to encounter God. And I'm, I got my head down, I'm writing, and all of a sudden there's a, a knock on the door, knock, 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 and I'm thinking, it, it shook me. And I opened the door and it was two Mormon guys at the door. I opened the door and I said to them, it's not the right time, and I shut the door. <laughs> That's what we said. <laughs> I, I sat back down and the Spirit of God said, how dare you? You hypocrite. You're writing a sermon or inviting them to church and you just slammed the door. So you know what I did? I got up my seat. And I got into my car and I started driving through the neighborhood to try to find these guys. And I'm driving all around my neighborhood, okay? I can't find them and, and I turned back, go to my house and I said, I said, Holy Spirit, if you really want me to talk to them, you've got to show me where they are. So turn back around, I go up a street and there are those guys come, coming out of a house, I see them. Now, if anybody knows anything about my driving, I came around the corner. Yeah spinning <laughs> and I pull up and these guys stop like this <laughs> right and then I got out of my car <laughs> and I said fellas I said I'm so sorry that that was rude that was so rude please forgive me I, I, I didn't mean to do that I was just it was a bad time I was just studying I, I did I didn't mean I hope you forgive me and they said, oh, no, no problem. And, and I said, now, I, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I do know a little bit about your faith. I do know, I do know that you don't believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You believe that there's a separate God, Father, and the Holy Spirit. So you don't believe in the, in the word of God that says, for love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbors yourself. You do not believe that the Lord, that God is, your, is a one God. So you don't believe that. But I still love you guys. And another thing I know about your doctrine is this. I know that you don't believe in an inerrancy of scripture, okay? Because the Bible says in Revelation chapter four that if you add or subtract anything from my word, you will be condemned. And finally, guys, I know, God, that you don't believe in the sufficiency of Jesus Christ's death on the cross, for by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. I know you don't believe that. That's why I want to invite you to church. <laughs> why do I tell that story? because I believe as people in Christ, we need to know how to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit so that when he tells us to move or to go, we step into that potential. We step into that destiny. We step into that space. The only way you can do it is with a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Amen. So last summer around this time, um, I was invited to candidate for a very large church. They wanted me to come and be their pastor. And um, it was interesting because it was, many of my mentors say, well, Rob, you should consider it. You know, it's a large church. It has thousands of people. It has hundreds of students in the school. You would probably be a perfect fit. 
my wife and I began to pray and we didn't sense a calling. Once again, it's about your potential. It's about my potential. It's about God's destiny. It's about his plan. But because they invited us, we felt like, okay, maybe we need to at least go in honoring them and maybe have an opportunity to speak vision. So we went and had a wonderful meeting with the church. And my wife and I came out. There was about 12 elders and we came out and we said, the spirit of the Lord is not calling us here. I'm telling you guys this is because you have to learn at some point, you have to learn to understand and to discern the voice of God if you're going to walk in your potential. And so I, I, I called him the next day and I said, thank you for the invitation, but God is not calling us here. And then the next morning I got up, every morning I walk for about an hour and I pray in the spirit and I walk and I pray. And as I started walking, I said to myself, what did I do? Anybody know what I'm talking about? This is one of those opportunities. And I said, what? The, the, have you ever heard of an opportunity of a lifetime? What did I do? And you know what the Spirit of God said? Right then as I'm walking. Faith says no to everything that everyone else says yes to, to say yes to everything else that no one can see. It's a relationship with the Spirit that guides you into your destiny. You gotta have it. And then finally, you and your potential needs to be warmed through community, fellowship, and guarded by accountability. It says this, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. God is working. He invites us to join us in his, join him in his work, but watch this. God always works in context of family or in team. Now, I once heard it said that we all need three relationships in our life. We need a Timothy, that's someone who we're loving on, pouring into, teaching, discipling. We all need a Barnabas, someone who is walking alongside of us, who are in the same place of maturity, who is encouraging us. And we all need a Paul, someone who is pouring into us. We need those three relationships in our life. We need that accountability and we need that instruction to continue to grow. And by the way, fellas, I don't know how your relationships are with your fathers, especially fellas. I can say the same thing for ladies, but fellas, because I tell my sons this, the older you get, the more you need a father. It's not the other way around. The older you get, the more you need a father because the more costly are your mistakes. So you always need somebody who is more mature than you speaking into your life, all right? It's going to help, it's going to help shape and help you to see the path that God has designed for you. I want to end with this illustration, all right? I want to end with this illustration. Has anyone ever heard of a, a Buxus microphila? A Buxus microphila. Anybody know what that is, a Buxus microphila? A Buxus microphila is a tree. And this tree is not measured by feet, it's measured by inches, okay? And the reason it's measured by inches is when uh, the farmer uh, uh, begins to cultivate this tree, as soon as it sees its, its bud uh, come through the ground, it pulls it up 
and it does something. He does something. He taps off the main root, the tap root. He taps it off so it can no longer get all the nutrients that is necessary for it to be fruitful. He taps off that main tap root and he taps off all the little branches. And so what is meant to be something that has potential to bear fruit, to grow to hundreds of feet, is now tapped off and is just a little plant. Perhaps you know this when I show it to you. Anybody know what that is? That's a bonsai. It's a bonsai tree. It's cute, isn't it? Guess what, ladies? In life, you're just not meant to just be cute. And it's easy for you to say sitting all the way over there. Okay. This tree will never reach its potential. You know why? Because its main root has been tapped off. And that's exactly what Satan does. He wants to tie you off from having a prayer life. He wants to tie you off from being in the Word of God. He wants to tie you off from having a relationship with Jesus. He's satisfied with you just looking cute but he doesn't want you productive and he doesn't walk, want you walking in your destiny. And this is what has happened to your generation, a lot of you. And this generation, still in this generation, we see it next. The love of money, power, and pop popularity will tie off that taproot. Unforgiveness will tie off your taproot. Bitterness and anxiety and anger will tie off your taproot. Racism in America ties off its taboo. Fear and unbelief will tie off your taboo as you come, as you come. Lack of intimacy with Jesus will tie off your taboo because the enemy wants you to look like this. But God designed you to be oaks of righteousness. Oaks of righteousness. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the way of the scornful, but his delight shall be in the law of the Lord. In this law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water, whose leaf also shall not wither, who bears fruit in, ease in uh, every season. He has designed him to prosper. So I want to ask you something. Is there something in your life that is tying off your taproot? That is keeping you from walking in your divine potential? Once again, it could be fear, it could be anxiety, it could be unforgiveness. There might even be someone here, you have not even gotten to the place where you haven't yet gotten to the place where you surrendered to the Lord who has designed and made you. And until you first do that, step into that relationship, you can never step into your potential. 
So I want you to stand with me tonight. I want you to stand with me tonight. We want to do something. And I'm going to call some of the leaders up this, this evening. Because I know this is a love message to you guys. You are a generation that God truly cares about, that he is raising up, that he is getting ready for, I really believe, a, a great awakening in America. You are that important to him. You are that important to him. That important to him. That important. But you cannot let anything tie off, tie off your taproot to your potential. So we're gonna open up this altar and if there's something right now that you know that is getting in the way of God using you, it might be fear. Once again, it might be just your own pursuit of the world and the things of the world, money, power, it might be unforgiveness. Watch this, watch this. Laziness will tie off your taproot. Laziness in your relationship with God will tie off your taproot. But we wanna step in, amen? Come on guys, we wanna step in, right? So I'm going to open up this altar and I want you to just step on out. If there's something you believe is getting in your way, I want you to step on out. We want to pray for that. And we are, listen, we're going to free that thing and let that thing go. Amen. So we can step into our potential. Come on. Why don't you step on out? Amen. Any of you. Thank you, Lord. Come on, guys, I want, you, I want to challenge you just to step up to this altar. If there's anything that could be getting in the way of your potential, come on, just step out. It takes courage to do that, guys. Come on, it takes courage to do that. You're that important to the Lord. You're that important to the Lord. Come on, step on out here. Come on, take that step of courage. Thank you, Lord. Take that step of courage. Amen. Praise God. And if you're here, you're standing here and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Rob, I haven't even given my life to the Lord yet. And I want to receive Jesus. I want to make that relationship right. Come on, step on out here. I'd love to pray for you tonight. Amen. And we're going to take just a number of minutes. We're going to be praying over you. And, and just we're going to believe that God is, this is going to be a launching point, a launching point to your divine destiny, a launching point to your potential, a launching point tonight. This is going to be that you're going to look back on this day and you're going to say, this was the day, this is the day that I tapped in, I began tapping in to God's potential and my destiny for my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If we have some Chi Alpha leaders, if you would come up right now and just lay hands on people, all right, and ask them how to pray for them, we're, we're going to do that. If you would step out and do that. <laughs> 